welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. I am so excited to have Samantha Abrams as a guest on the Centered in the City podcast. Samantha and I met maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little less, at Expo West, which is a natural food show out in Anaheim, California. And I was, of course, there helping my sister out with her cookie company, Sweet Lauren's. Got to know Samantha and her husband, Ian, and their whole family, and they are just so delightfully amazing and have a really yummy product called the Emmys Organic. Samantha is the co-founder and president of Emmys Organic, and Samantha is really passionate about making a difference in business to do it the right way. Emmys Organic is a certified B Corp, which really recognizes how to take care of the people, how to use sustainable products, and how to be a responsible business owner. Now, in my conversation with Samantha today, we don't really go down the rabbit hole of entrepreneurship and business, which would be a great podcast in itself, but instead, Samantha being a big wellness enthusiast, we really get a chance to talk to her and hear her own wellness and health and healing journey. So settle in, maybe grab some of Emmy's Organic's Yummy Coconut Cookies and enjoy listening to this podcast episode. Welcome to the Centered in the City podcast, Samantha. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to, we were just saying before we hit record, how we're excited to like see each other on Zoom um, in quote unquote, as real of life as we can get to these days still. Um, yeah, someone's face is just nice to see someone's face. Yeah, for sure. Well, Samantha, tell us, I start this podcast always by asking the guests what self-care means and looks like for them. Mm. Well, I think that's changed and evolved probably every year of my life, but I would say right now, self-care to me is um, listening for my own needs and honoring them. Mm, I love that. Yeah. How do you, especially since, you know, your needs transition moment to moment or year to year or different phases, how do you pay attention to what your needs are? Well, 
I can't say that um, I'm an expert in this. Um, and in fact, as of even two years ago, I would say I did not know how to listen um, for my own needs. And I, the result of that for me was that I burned myself out pretty badly. Um, so now I think I'm learning to trust my instinct in a new way where if I have a flash of like, I'm actually tired or I actually don't want to go to that event or hang out with anybody. I'm practicing listening to that. And I notice that when I do it, I really see the results where, you know, I just, I feel more energy. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like it, I'm like respecting myself in a new way. So um, I think it is, it's listening to those little flashes of intuition that we get where for me, prior to the past year and a half or two years, I would, instead of listen, I would tell myself what I needed. Mm. Um, and so it'd be like, no, you actually need to work out right now. Or no, you should just um, push through and like get to the other side of whatever, you know? Um, so I'm kind of unlearning a lot of those patterns. Um, and I think that will probably be a constant process, but um, I'm, I've seen a glimpse of, you know, what that looks like now. And it, it is pretty great. You said so many things I want to follow up about. Okay. So one, tell us a little bit about your moment of burnout in business and maybe give our listeners a little bit of backstory of also of, you know, the boss lady that you are and, you know, how you spend your time. Yeah. Well, um, so I'm one of the founders of a brand called Emmy's Organics. We um, make a line of vegan and organic treats that are distributed in stores nationwide. So I found delicious. So, so delicious. Yep. And I founded the business with my now husband, Ian, um, in a home kitchen in 2009. So for the past 12 years, we've been uh, grinding it out <laughs> and learning because neither of us had any experience, you know, going into it. So we've really been learning the industry as we've grown and um, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've just been doing it. And um, so, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's so easy to never stop because there's mm -hmm. no one that's telling you that you're doing enough. Um, and, and there's you know, always I, so much more you could be doing. There's always so much more you can be doing at any moment. And, um, you know, I think that plus, you know, a combination of maybe things that I picked up from my childhood around working hard and, um, just that like pushing through and like getting it all, you know, there's a lot of things that I think all added to the equation of me eventually burning myself out. And um, I think it really happened slowly over many, many years. And that's what I've read about burnout and adrenal fatigue is that it's not just something that like happens. It really is a slow burn. And, you know, looking back, I can see how uh, my behavior was um, making that happen. So, so yes. Tell us a little bit about when you started to notice you were kind of down the slope or the slow burn of burnout. And yeah. maybe was it in the moment, but like hindsight, you're like, oh, that was some, you know, yeah. telling me. There, yes. I think, I think there were a lot of clues one of them was that I was exhausted all of the time. 
And the idea of doing things, even socializing or going to visit family or something else, it just felt exhausting. Um, even though I told myself I should be, that should be something that I'm, you know, enjoying and that I should want to do. Um, I also think that, I think that need of like not being enough or that feeling of like never not being enough. I think mm -hmm. that's really at the core of, for me, at least with adrenal fatigue is just, um, that feeling of never being enough. So then just overcompensating in so many ways. And I remember like having these cues of like, I just know that the way that I feel is not right. And I was just trying to fix it with all kinds of things like supplements and working out even harder. You know, yeah. I was like, I'm just not working out harder. I need to just do more. And um, yeah, and I remember I would cry to Ian um, being like, I just don't know how to listen to myself mm. because I just knew I was just, I knew I was burning myself out, but I had no idea how to get out of it. And I knew it for probably over a year mm. while I continued to do to be it. In the cycle. I doing. And I was actually able to watch myself do it, mm. which was weird and sad. Um, but I just had no idea how to get out of it. So um, what was your wake up call? My wake up call was insomnia. Um, I think that when I stopped, I think I had a lot of other symptoms, but what really stopped me was, um, I was up in the middle of the night for three to four hours every single night for months. And I was doing all the things that like, you're supposed to do. I was taking lots of melatonin and like other supplements. And I was, you know, turning my phone off before I was like doing all the things that you're supposed to do reading before bed. And it just was not not changing. And I would get up, I would work out really hard. I would do the whole thing. Like it just my whole day, um, traveling weddings, bachelor, you know, just all the things trying to do it all. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just kind of got to a breaking point where I just knew that something was wrong. It wasn't just me, you know, mm -hmm. which is kind of what I thought for many years, like something was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Um, so it sounds like something on a physiological level, you started to connect to that was off and obviously affecting your sleep, which is, you know, sleep is life. Sleep is our everything to, to feel seen and present in the world. So what, where did you go from there? So, you know, I tried, I tried a lot of things. Like I cut out sugar and, you know, I kept like trying the things that I thought I knew because I've always felt like I'm a pretty educated person when it comes to wellness and health. But when it came to this, I really had no friggin' idea what to do. Mm -hmm. And so after like a few things didn't work, I decided to see um, someone in town who's like a naturopath um, or functional medicine doctor. That's her official title. And she ended up giving me, because I also had heard on another podcast about adrenal fatigue and I had never heard of it before. Mm. And, um, or maybe I heard it, but didn't think it was like, anything serious, you know? And mm -hmm. so um, I had this instinct because when I read about the symptoms that maybe that's what was going on. So the functional med medicine doctor gave me um, a test, a Dutch test, which measures your hormones throughout the day. And I was able to see that I, um, 
had some issues there. And so it was like confirmed from a doctor, you know, mm. that something was wrong because here I was just guessing. And so it just felt nice in a way to be like, okay, something's actually wrong with me, like on a internal level, physiological, mm-hmm. physiological level, um, which was like comforting <laughs> in a way. So it's answers. It's like yes. some like validation. Some- yeah. And you know, if I was going to continue with that doctor, she had, you know, one way of going about it. It included supplements and stuff. And I'm sure that I would have had success there, but I had also learned about the bean protocol, which is what I ended up doing for, well, I still kind of keep it. It's still kind of part of my lifestyle now, but, um, I learned about it on a podcast, um, through Lacey Phillips podcast, which is called, um, what is it called? expanded. I think it's called expanded. Um, and I love, I love that podcast. I listen to it a lot anyway. So, um, I listened to this interview with the woman who developed it named Karen Hurd. And I just, it sounded like a lot of people with hormonal imbalances were having success on it. So I decided to take it on, um, in the beginning of 2020 and, yeah, Ian and I went on vacation at the end and I was like, I'm, I'm going to wait until after vacation because we went to Mexico and I wanted to like eat tortilla chips and enjoy mm-hmm. and everything. Yep. And that was great. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I took it on in the beginning of 2020 and um, pre-pandemic though, like pre-knowing you were going to be on lockdown and like the world was going to shut down for a little bit, but yes, yes but that was your commitment to yourself. That was my commitment to myself. I was nervous because knowing my tendencies, I tend to say yes to everything. Mm. I was, I think mostly worried about the social invites, you know, work for me. Um, even though, yes, I definitely have had phases in my life where I work too much. I think that I've have been able to develop some good habits around just like shutting down in the evening um, and like taking time over the weekend. Sometimes I work on the weekend, sometimes I work at night, but just in general, like, I don't know. I that felt that felt bal- more balanced. Yeah, to you. Balanced. yeah mm-hmm. it still does. But um, yeah, social invites, you know, just that FOMO and um, you know, travel for friends or family that all uh, has been really hard for me to say no to um, even with such a full plate with, running a business, like that alone is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was nervous about it. I, um, but I like really committed to myself and then the pandemic happened and it really supported me because all the social plans just <laughs> went away. I had you nothing. like had ultimate permission to not see anybody or do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, on the business side, you know, we had tons of stress and lots of things to deal with um, around the pandemic and just continuing to operate and, you know, just making safe decisions for our team. But on the personal side, I really benefited from all the alone time and the quiet Mm. and working from home. All those things, I just never gave myself permission to enjoy. Um, Working from home, I'm home right now. Like I, I would, I can't believe I never allowed this for myself before. Mm-hmm. And I own my own business. I'm a la- I can do whatever I want, mm-hmm. but I just have had all these like rules, you know, like you have to be there. You have to, you know, be an example. And I don't know, it has to look a certain way. 
And if you're not, then maybe you'll be judged or I don't know. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, yeah, the pandemic definitely supported this sort of healing journey for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you're not alone. Not, I think I know you're not alone with having what I call like those thinking traps, all of those shoulds and, you know, rules that we create of how we're supposed to be showing up and how that can shackle us and hold us down in life versus give us space or like possibility or help us feel more present or alive. And that mindset work is so important. I'd love to hear more about your bean protocol. I'm sure also listeners are intrigued about this. And you sent me the podcast. I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, that's so interesting. And I've sent it to a few friends that I know are managing some hormonal imbalances as well. And so tell us about your experience with that. So basically the bean protocol, it's like a high fiber diet. Um, I hate using the word diet, but I guess it is, or protocol, I guess is a little softer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in the beginning- Lifestyle, I, being lifestyle. lifestyle. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never been, I mean, I've always liked beans, but I didn't, you know, realize how powerful they were, you know, just um, they are the only form of soluble fiber that we have in our diets. Mm-hmm. And so basically the, the, the protocol separates- beans from fats. I would say that's the weirdest thing about it. But other than that, you're just eating whole foods. And in the beginning for me, I did cut out um, all caffeine. I actually still don't drink any caffeine, which is still crazy to me. Um, And sugar of any kind, even fruit in the beginning. Um, And I mean, gluten and dairy also, but that was sort of like, I wasn't, I've never been big on those things. And yeah, just really like eating real food and eating my beans, you know, three times a day at a minimum. And it was weird to get used to, but honestly, like when you get in the groove, you're, and especially during the pandemic, I was eating at home for all my meals anyway. Um, it, it was great. Also drinking lots of hot water, not doing high impact workouts, Mm -hmm, um, which, mm -hmm. oh my God, to give myself permission to not do that. Oh my God. I can't believe (laughs) like high impact workouts. I mean, yes, they, you feel great afterwards, but the amount of times I like did that when I was exhausted and just pushed my body to a limit where I'm just huffing and puffing and just kind of dying. I just, I don't know. I still am just like, I can't believe I did that. Um, so yes, much more, just a gentle lifestyle, lots of rest, lots of hot water. Um, and movement is great, but just, yeah, all low impact is where it's at. How long were you practicing those kind of lifestyle tweaks until you started to notice a difference in your sleep and in your hormonal balance and your adrenal fatigue? I would say... I think I started seeing a shift at three months, but then, but I think, and I, I don't know the science behind this, but I think every three months your cells kind of regenerate or something like that. And so I did notice those marks like three, six and nine. And I started every mark like that. I really did notice a shift. So I did start to sleep better at three months, I had to slowly wean myself off of melatonin because I was taking about like 10 milligrams a night 
and it was like an addiction. I felt like I couldn't sleep without it. Mm -hmm. So I was advised to, um, kind of slowly downgrade. And I also, I worked with a coach, um, her name's unique Hammond. Um, I learned about her through that same podcast and that was nice. I just worked for her for with the first three months because it was new. I had so many questions and, um, it was just nice to have the resource. So yeah, she had advised me to lean off of the melatonin. I can't remember what month in it was where I was at zero, mm-hmm. but, um, I, yeah, sleep. And then also like I remember feeling so grateful for it during the pandemic because as I said, we had a lot of stress, you know, with work and I just felt like it was keeping me, my stress levels really even, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was stressed, but I wasn't feeling it on like that deep, like, you know, when you can like feel it in your chest. Oh, totally. Like, like, mm -hmm. yeah, it just like, I felt the stress, but it just was a much um, easier feeling Mm -hmm. physically for me, uh, just managing it. And, um, I would say I'm still even seeing improvements, you know, with just, it's just, my energy levels are so stable. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have those crazy highs and lows like I used to. Mm -hmm. Um, and my digestion also, I mean, that's the, it's the best it's ever been my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just like, wow, I really have built up resiliency. Mm-hmm. And now I can have things like some sugar or I'll have like some wine with friends. And like, I have, I'm not like denying myself of things and my body can handle it. Mm. And that feels really good. Cause before I love like chocolate, I love all like healthy sweets, you know, of any kind. And I would have like chocolate in the morning. Cause I knew it would just make me like high. Mm. <laughs> literally be like, I feel like getting Your drug high. of choice. Yeah, it is. My drug of choice is chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the way it made me feel, I would like really, or I would have chocolate if I was going to go out at night, like I would eat chocolate before because it just would. It's your pregame. So, yeah, really. I would joke with people that that was my pregame. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe some 80%. Yeah, we're going in tonight. <laughs> um, Okay, you, I want to circle back to these points yeah. because it's really helpful to, I think, paint the whole picture of your journey. And it resonates a lot with me and, and my cancer survivorship of post-chemo. And, you know, at the same time, we lost our mom. And so the extreme grief that my body felt and then the extreme like stress and trauma that my body went under, I remember feeling completely depleted as well. And going back to this exercise point, like I was doing spin like three or four times a week. And that was during chemo because I felt this need to like flush out all the toxins from my body. But I remember feeling just that exhausted place afterwards. And really that was my part of my wake up call was that letting my body heal and turning my gaze inwards to listen to the intuition of my body and what it needed. And that's when I started to eat. I was always a quote unquote good eater, you know, balanced eater, but like really started to eat a lot more vegetables, started to pay attention, started to eat more plant-based than meat. And I still love meat, but you know, really monitor that. And beans became my BFF. Um, 
you know, I never knew about the bean protocol until you shared it. But like, so it's interesting of what intuitively you can start to notice in your body and listen to those needs, you know, when you pay attention. And like, I'm curious for people who maybe haven't had one of those breakdown moments, right? Like for me, cancer, for you, your adrenal fatigue and insomnia, like how can people start to pay attention to themselves or be preventative, right? That they don't need to hit that place of burnout or that place of sickness to listen. Yeah. I think it's really hard, especially when we're in a culture that is telling us so much, you know, about how we're supposed to be living. Um, even in the wellness world, Mm -hmm. you know, all these, Mm -hmm. like you should be doing X, Y, and Z. So I think it's really hard. First of all, um, for me, I think just slowing down or even giving yourself time to slow down. If maybe you live a really fast paced life, but if you could give yourself one day on the weekend, maybe one day on the weekend, you do all your errands. Cause this is weekends are tough, right? Cause we have things we want to get done, but we also want to relax. Um, and obviously I say this as someone who does not have children. And I know that that's like a whole other realm and it's even harder to slow down when that's a part of your life. But, um, if you can carve out time where, you know, you can just be slow, like intentionally, um, and that might look differently to different people. Maybe it's like taking a really gentle walk outside where you're just don't listen to anything. Just try to listen to your thoughts. Um, yeah. And I think maybe building in any kind of practice that's connecting to yourself. So journaling, you know, it could even be taking a walk. I've done this sometimes where I just I literally like talk out loud to myself. Um, obviously if people are, can't be around, mm-hmm. but I'll be like, okay, I'm feeling like this right now. Like that's been kind of weird. And mm-hmm. because I'm trying to honor like that voice that I have and it's, it's hard. So I need to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, some that could be meditation, guided meditations, um, taking a nap. I don't know. Like if there's little things like that, that you can build into a connect with yourself and slow down. I really think that that can help prevent you from getting like going down the adrenal fatigue type of rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about slowing down, right? Intentionally slowing down. And I think part of that and connecting the dots to my own experience too, is like giving myself permission to be alone. Yes. Because back in the day, I did not like being alone. Yeah. It was really hard to be alone, right? That's where grabbing the phone or turning on the TV or like needing to be doing something or moving my body was so like necessary. And what, but once I got sick, I spent a lot of time alone and it was unpleasant, but also there was that flip side of pleasant of like, that's where I had space to actually hear myself. And now in this busy world, um, and I used to think retreats were kind of silly. I used to think they were like just the wellness world trying to, you know, tap into everybody's like desire for vacation or, you know, something beautiful. But I really see the benefit of when I like I go on my silent meditation retreats to have that space of no cell phone, no technology, no talking, no reading, um, some, some places are really strict of no writing. I, I kind of cheat because I like to bring my journal because that's how, how I process and like also help hear myself. But it allows me to like 
tune in and to really, as you were saying, like build that resiliency, like listen on that deeper level and let that inner voice get louder so that when I go out into the busy, loud, you know, go, go, go life that we're all living in the Western culture, I can still be connected to self. That, I mean, I'm like, I think I still, where I'm, where I struggle is um, definitely that like technology. Like if I want to relax, I think about like laying on the couch and like noodling on my phone or like reading something online. So I have been really trying to practice to carve out time where even if I'm like, okay, I'm going to lay down for an hour. Okay. But 20 minutes, I'm going to do a guided meditation. Like where I just like, I don't know. So, but I have friends that have done silent um, retreats and I'm like, I'm really fascinated and I'm already nervous about it, even though I'm not even doing them. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that would be, I mean, that's, I think it would be amazing for me. Um, yeah. To not have any of that outside noise, but it also sounds kind of scary because I've never. Done totally. It totally. I mean, it's, it was scary for me the first time too. And when I go, I'm always like, you know, like what's going to happen, you know, what's going to happen when I'm alone with my thoughts? Like you don't know, but like, there's also that trust of you can hold it. You can be with it. Um, you and I were talking about this a little bit last week of, you know, as things are starting to open back up and, you know, you've been really, it sounds like intentional and grounded in your own wellness practices um, what are you starting to practice or kind of say to yourself or how, how can you support yourself in this transition phase so that you continue to stay really rooted and maybe not let the FOMO get the best of you or not let the, um, the, the pull of everything open up kind of distract you? Yeah, I think that it will be a practice um, and that it already has been, but I am really trying to honor that instinct. Um, and I think the more that I say no to things, to invitations, you know, I'm really thinking about like social things here and work actually, there's been um, some work travel that I wasn't really needed for that I recently said, I don't think I need to, to go. And so I, but whereas in the past I would just go because someone like said I should, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, I practice saying no and practice listening to my instinct. Um, I'll just share an example because, you know, yeah, things are, things are kind of, people are starting to hang out, you know, more, the weather's getting warmer. So there's a lot of like outside hanging out opportunities. And um, there was talk of like this kind of weekend getaway for um, a friend's birthday. And I just heard it really clearly. Like, mm. I don't want to do that. Mm. and so when it was like proposed I was just like I'm not sure if I'm going to be up for that but I will let you know and so I kind of like gave myself the option you know and I gave the other person the option and um but I was like that sounds super fun but I'm not sure if I'll be up for it and of course it would be different if like the weekend was revolved around me you know this would be something that I would be attending but I was really proud of myself because I was like, I hear this is a no, I'm going to give it a few days, you know, to check in, but I'm probably going to decline that weekend away. And maybe I'll have friends that are going to do that. And I'll have this chill weekend at home. Um, 
even uh, just can I just celebrate you. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, girl. Yeah. Like, that's hard. It. That's hard. It. Yeah. You you heard it. I heard you hear it and like stay with it, you know, yeah. that you didn't even have to like communicate the no yet, but just you were like, I'm gonna sit with that. Yeah. Right. Because I'm, I would say I'm still practicing. Right. So I hope that I'll be in a point at a point where I'll hear it and just be like, Nope, Mm -hmm. I'm not going, Mm -hmm. but I'm still practicing, but I I feel like I gave myself and I gave my, the, the invite sort of the option. And, um, I feel confident in saying no. And that, that is a big win for me. Um, can I ask you kind of a coachy question about that? Sure. When you, when you, um, notice the no, what did that feel like in your physical body? Um, for me, it feels like guilt. Mm. Like I feel guilty, um, because maybe someone, it's going to make someone else feel uncomfortable. So I feel like that for me, guilt, it's like in my chest, like a little bit of a tension, Mm -hmm. you know, constricting. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think guilt in general is sort of a theme for me and especially around uh, social invitations. And also like, you know, my friends and family are really important to me, maintaining relationships, people, like I love connecting with people. So um, yeah, to say no to potential connection time feels hard for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, guilt is a, guilt and shame are, are tricky little our tricky little suckers, something that's helpful for me when I think about guilt and, you know, some things I share with my clients is, um, you normally guilt shows up when we have a conflict of values. Cause it sounds like you're, you have a value of wanting to like hang out and be social and connect. And then you also have this value of like honoring your energy levels and your health or, you know, your alone time, whatever, and whatever specifically that is. And they're just conflicting. Yeah. And so it's like one, one is going to have to, one gets to quote unquote, win that round and the other doesn't, you right. know, and that doesn't negate that importance, that, that, that other value. Um, and so working with that for me and something I share with the client just like really helps like, oh yeah, like, yeah, there's, that makes sense. Yeah. I see guilt, you know. So true. Conflicting of values. And, you know, it's like if I pushed myself and went uh, to this weekend, like I'm sure I'd have a lot of fun. Um, And I even have one friend who's like, I might just go for a night. So I was like, hmm, maybe I'll just go for a night. I don't know. But um, yeah, that is, is, I totally hear that. And that's a great way of um, explaining that feeling. Um, Well, I'm curious to know what you end up deciding. (laughs) You know, and how, and also it's like how it's all learning, you know, how you said we're all practicing, we're all practicing it still. There's no like place of perfection that we get to. Um, and I always just, you know, even circling back to like food choices for people when people make food choices, it's like realizing like, you know, I, I ordered the burger instead of the salad or I ordered the salad instead of the burger. And I realized I ordered the salad and I was not full or satisfied. And it's like, great. Like that is just. Yeah. Be forward for you next time. Yeah. Remember that next time. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I've definitely come over. I've jumped over a hurdle in that I've, I've just started to scratch the surface of listening to my needs and wants. Um, 
but I've so, I feel like I've so much more work to do in this area. And so I feel like I'm just starting to see a glimpse of like what life could be like, and I'm really loving the way that it looks, Mm. Um, but I still have so much work to do and it'll just be a constant, I think, and making mistakes. And I definitely have experienced that with the business, you know, just growing a business, you make so many mistakes um, and you learn from them. And so I think I've maybe just started to do that, you know, for my own self-care in a new way. Whereas before I thought exercising and like eating a certain way and being really strict on myself was self-care. Um, but it wasn't, it was, yeah, I see that that my life was just like really focusing, like leaning in my masculine. Um, whereas now I feel like this new chapter for me is really leaning into my feminine. Yeah. And like also just calling out the how toxic the wellness industry can be in that sense, right? Of like, this is the diet. You you need to be paleo. You need to be keto and you need to do these hit workouts to be X, Y, and Z, you know, where it's like, that's where I totally agree with your definition of self-care because to me, that's like where mindfulness, that awareness for us to slow down, to listen to our needs and customize what we need. Like that's what's sustainable, you know, because you're always going to evolve. What worked for you, as you said, last year, isn't necessarily going to be what's going to work for you this year. Yeah. Yeah. um, I mean the past, so for the past year and a half now, um, I've been doing really low impact light workouts. Like I do like Melissa Wood health workouts, um, which are like 20 minutes. Like the idea of an hour long workout now is like, what? But but as of late, I kind of realized that I've lost some muscle, you know, mm. along the way. And that did not bother me for this whole time. Cause I've just enjoyed the like kind of more mellow exercise, but all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I want to try like doing a little bit with weights and I'm not going to jump up and down like crazy anymore, but I want to maybe like, you know, build some strength again. So mm. what does that look like? And how do I incorporate that and make it natural and not um, force anything also? So mm, mm. love it. Um, I could keep, we could keep chatting about this. I feel like all day and especially, yeah. you know, like bringing in even more about how you're, how you're balancing these practices with your businesses too, but maybe there'll be part, part two of our podcast one day. Tell everybody where they can learn more about you, Samantha, and your delicious Emmys products. So, so yeah, so the business, our website is emmysorganics.com and we're super active on Instagram and our handle is emmysorganics, all one word. And then and the um, recipes always look like Oh yeah. The bloggers create and what you guys create always looks so good and so creative Fun recipes. And we're trying to share just more information about, you know, things that matter to us. And also on my, on the personal, I mean, you can follow my journey. Samantha Abrams underscore is my Instagram handle. I like go in and out of being active there, but I try to show some behind the scenes of the business and I don't know, other kind of things I've been thinking about. So Well, thanks again for being here and offering your wisdom and sharing your journey with us. This is so fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Centered in the City podcast. If you have takeaways, if you have questions, if you're inspired, if you're excited to practice something or excited to create something from this episode, 
share with us on Instagram. We want to hear from you. So feel free to tag me at one Wade and tag Samantha Abrams underscore. And let's keep the conversation going. Let's inspire each other to keep practicing self-care, to keep finding these mindful moments in our lives so that we can stay more centered and grounded and really do good work for ourselves and the world. Until next time, stay centered.